Hello everyone, it's Alan, the intrusive hipster ghost. Sunday, February 22nd at 4pm Pacific Standard Time, Nerdonomy will be doing another live Oscar commentary podcast. Unfortunately. I have to admit, I'm not a huge fan because A, it's so mainstream, and B, it's about as culturally diverse as a dinner party at Pat Robertson's house. But either way, join us Sunday, February 22nd, as I do my best to rip the Oscars apart. And the rest of the nerds, well, they'll be there too. to Nerds on Film with Brian Moriarty, Sarah Ashley, Sean Moriarty, and Roxy Noberry. Okay, so this is the thing that happened to me the other day. I was playing... Oh, no, I'm good. I was playing... No, I was not. I was playing Words with Friends, and somebody had played the word job, and I just, in my head, could not stop going, I am job. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm I'm talking like it, it was going through my head for two hours, of just awesome. I am job like and I'm just like head. going with my like going about my work just like God. I am job and no I'm no like, this is a this is a thing I've heard of it. it's called monosyllabic meditation <laughs> I just and you use it for focus so if you're working increase your productivity at work you're like I am job <laughs> do, you, do you guys know about the job. pussy on the chain wax thing no okay I so it's job. a key and piece uh, key and pee uh, key, key and, and peel job key and peel skit uh-huh. and basically there are a bunch of bros paying like playing pool or something and it's just okay. you know they're, they're hanging out and um i don't know if it's key or peel that starts it but basically one of them like you know wins or whatever and he's just yeah buddy i put the pussy on the chain wax and then he just keeps saying it and saying it and saying it and they're oh just like God. what what does that even mean what? and the skit becomes this whole like examination of like why certain phrases become popular like yeah. off the chain and you uh-huh. know like shit like that and they're just like don't google it why are you googling it did you google it already it's not in google okay it's not real I don't know what I love more the story or the fact that halfway through you turned into a yenta with yeah. the- oh. <laughs> <laughs> with, with- <laughs> Don't go on the Google. Don't go on the Google. No, Not just that, but just like you actually have like she, the, she a shroud put, around your head you right see now. This thing right here? <laughs> I thought for a second <laughs> she like has. Oh, this is my new character. Her name is Roxana Mama June. I thought for a second. <laughs> job in the world doctor lawyer or doctor for a lawyer or lawyer for a doctor (laughs) i like this boy very much you're a very good boy you're very smart very nice very handsome (laughs) (laughs) i'm like purely channeling my grandma i'm like i love how all of this is recorded grandma noberry you need to speak into the mic How are you today? Oh my god, if she oh hears god. this. <laughs> oh my god, your perfect rhythm and cadence with that. But he's smart, but he's handsome. 
good. Okay, everybody needs to go either watch or listen to Maz Jobrani or Omi Jadili. Okay. They've got really great, like, Middle Eastern grandparents down yeah. pat. Like, nice. take it from somebody who knows. <laughs> they were raised by one. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were fed by, you know, plenty I like of it. them. I like um, it. So what did we see, everybody? What so we saw the interview. I, I did in the company. We already talked about that shit, Roxy. Well, I didn't say what I thought about it. Because we didn't Sean. care, Roxy. Well, I wanted to say something about it, Sean. <laughs> Are you going into Pee Wee Herman mode? I think I peed a little. You did let me talk about it. So I'm going to talk about it right now. <laughs> I wanted to say something. That's good, it inspired me. Yeah. It just really inspired me, you guys. It inspired me to find out more shit about North Korea. Okay. okay. Mm. Because here's the thing. I did some research about the actor who played Kim Jong-un. And his name is Randall Park. He's this, you know, 40-something comedian, Asian-American actor who's been in the industry for a while now, um, but hasn't, but he's been getting, you know, more work as of late. Um, And uh, basically he was interviewed uh, uh, talking about his experience of, you know, doing research for the role and whatnot. And he basically said that a lot of his source material came from a um, documentary uh, about Kim Jong-un, and it wasn't necessarily about Kim Jong-un, it just had him really featured heavily in it. Mm-hmm. And the documentary he's talking about is an episode of the series um, called Vice. Okay. And um, Vice is this documentary series on HBO, and basically what they do is they go around the world and they do a lot of these really cool pieces and segments about a lot of political um, stories going mm-hmm. on in the world right now. Really, really, you know, important stuff. And they did this whole segment where they, they pulled this off, they managed to go to North Korea with not only Dennis Rodman, but three players from the Harlem Glo- Globetrotters. Well, I knew that Dennis Rodman was there. Like, yeah. uh, Kim Jong-un is actually a big fan of Dennis Huge. Rodman, apparently. So they managed They're to, tight. you know, not only piggyback on the popularity of Dennis Rodman, but also the Harlem Globetrotters. And what they managed to do was organize this sort of, like... Uh, foreign exchange of like sports okay. uh, sportsmanship and so what they, they managed to do was like bring all the bring those three players and um, have a game with the national team mm-hmm. and um, they got to like pick players on both sides and so they had you know North Korean players playing with the, glo- the Globetrotters and then they, they were mixing things up and they were playing together and um, mm-hmm. the documentary team that was you know shooting all of this uh, they were just coming off as, you know, we're just, you know, documenting this for our sake, you know, our purposes. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think North Korea realized that it was Vice necessarily yeah. because apparently the um, the creator of Vice, he has a pretty bad reputation for, you know, doing some expose pieces about North Korea. Ah. So he's gotten trouble in trouble in the past. Oh, okay. Uh, so they had to kind of be careful about it. And sure. basically the whole piece was really cool because they had to like they the the correspondent who was you know hosting the piece he was so weirded out by north korea like mm-hmm. the way that they escorted them through the country yeah was so strange you mm-hmm. know and he just felt like he was in an alien world journalists have real. report have repeatedly yeah 
just reported that it's just really, really odd and everything is very heavily yeah. orchestrated. It's surreal. It's yeah. really surreal. So that being said, like... <laughs> just like the fat kid. Yeah. Oh, see, look, there's a fat kid. They have a fat kid. <laughs> they have fake fruit. <laughs> they have to have food. <laughs> they have to have food. Yeah, the one fat kid waving. That was a good good scene. Um, that being said, apparently this actor, Randall Park, you know, he watched this um, documentary piece over and over again because the way that they featured Kim Jong-un in this is, I mean, he's just a regular dude who really likes basketball and him and dennis rodman are buddies and cupcakes and cupcakes so that being said if you guys see the interview you'll see the portrayal of kim jong-un as this like really sensitive and um you know insecure guy who's got a lot of family problems Mm -hmm. and who just wants to connect and the way that him and James Franco connect in this film. Yeah, they have a bromance. They yeah. have a total bromance. Wait, wait. So he wants to connect, but not globally. <laughs> Point taken. <Nope. laughs> Sarah, <laughs> no, you should no. seriously see the movie. I, I, I mean, yeah. I might. Sarah, I, I, I might. I think you actually, yeah. you would, I think particularly you would actually really enjoy it. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. James Franco was, was pretty Sarah, funny. is it, Sarah, yeah. is it tough to breathe? No. Is it tough to breathe up there on that pedestal? <laughs> No. Is the air thin? I will Do not I watch th- this movie. I- it's it's below me. How's your oxygen First of all, I have never said that. <laughs> you didn't have to say You implied the fuck out of it, though. No. Sarah, I think at this rate, we've all seen it, so you got to jump on the bandwagon sooner or We're later. We're sorry it's not <laughs> Jane Austen's The Interview. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that? How is that even possible? <laughs> I would watch that movie. Yeah. See? See? Do you see? No, I just, the thing is, is it's one of those things like when there's that much controversy, sometimes I just go, it's not worth it. It's not worth the controversy. Okay, I I would, if you see it, you might see why it was controversial. Mm-hmm. Is it? It's. It is so fucking stupid of a movie. Yeah. But I mean that. And but again, it's I, so fucking funny. The, but it's the so improv is so good. The dialogue yeah. is so good. Yeah. The improv and is Eminem's good. part is so good. That was yeah. amazing. That was pretty awesome. I okay. will say, like, All right. Eminem was... cleans out closet, finds self. Yeah. So. Exactly. <laughs> what else did we see, everyone? I saw Maleficent finally. <gasps> so <laughs> thoughts about Angelina Jolie in leather pants? I thought. Okay, I genuinely thought it was a pretty good movie. Yeah, I thought yeah. I, I applaud Disney for t- taking a different <clears throat> approach to a uh, beloved character. There you go. Uh, I thought I was when they because they they make some pretty major story changes, but again, it's all about perspective. It's the same thing you did with Wicked and yeah. telling the Wizard of Oz from that from the villain's perspective. Yeah, Man. I think it was really bold, and I I gotta say, Angelina Jolie was fantastic in that she movie. She did really, really well. She was really, really good. Actress. And I know I speak on hyperbole a lot, but she did a really great performance. And I, I felt for her the whole time through. I felt sorry for her. Yeah. Um, good. And I felt like King Stefan is such a shithead after that movie. <laughs> did you not completely hate his voice, the though? Voice. I hated his voice. Yeah. Really and, I, and I and I love Scottish accents, and that made me hate Scottish accents. I, it was just really high pitched. It was weird. I mean, the movie's not. I don't think it's a perfect movie by any means. It's definitely got some contrived moments to it, and I think there was some action for action's sake. Um, but that aside, I think the core story was pretty solid, and uh, Elle Fanning was great in the movie too. Yeah. I, I I like that they. It's almost funny how they they almost make fun of that Sleeping Beauty is this 
so altruistic to the point where even like when in when the baby of her is in the presence of Maleficent and she's being scared, she's just smiling and like playing. And yeah, <laughs> I just I thought that was like they 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 played up the contrast very very well. I thought yeah. that worked very well. I mean, that was Angelina Jolie's actual daughter in that right. scene. Yeah, yeah. So when the she's fact- the one she's when she's walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah the one who's walking. Well, yeah. of course, because she had like a whole corral of kids on set. Like, <laughs> grab one of them. Seriously, no. Her other. We need extras. Women, grab twelve of my kids. They were extras in the, in the actual scene in the the whole like uh, banquet or the the christening scene. Her mm-hmm. her kids were actually in that as yeah. extras. Yeah. So yeah. I would totally watch another remake of Cheaper by the Dozen with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Oh just a documentary. God. Oh jeez. What I will say, the only my only criticism in the story is they could have made the three fairies a bit more relevant because I honestly felt like they. Whoa, didn't whoa, need to whoa! Be we talked about it on the last episode. You can't just say shit like fairies. Jesus, Sean. <laughs> Sean, I am referring to the pixie-like winged creatures <laughs> in the films, not the homosexuals, as you are implying. <laughs> homosexuals. The homosexuals. The homosexuals. As you are implying. Then we call them extremely small winged Americans. You don't say... <laughs> extremely small. I'm pretty sure they were British. Or winged... Are they British? <gasps> the British. Britain, they were British. British yeah. is, is... I'm just saying, I think the three... I can't because their names escape me. I'm sorry, but the red, green, Flora, and blue fairies Anna and Meriwether. But they weren't named that in the movie, though. They had different names. I just felt like they were. I just felt like they were the they, the way this story was written. They could have been removed from the plot entirely, and they were just there for the sake of reminding you. Oh, by the way, this is this is a redoing of Disney's version mm-hmm. of Sleeping Beauty. So, so what else did you see, Sarah? You know what I've been watching, guys? What Orphan Black? <gasps> I've Ooh. now watched. Season we one just of got British in this bitch. For real, it's good. Have you seen? It's Pen- good. Yeah, because uh, because of um the the, main the actress. The actress, thank you. Kills it. What's her name again? Her name's um I can't remember. Tatiana Maslany. Yes, uh, she's awesome. Yeah, she's great. Uh, really, I, I tried to watch it a while ago. I wasn't sold on the pilot for whatever no. reason. Get past the pilot because it's like it's so addictingly good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I know this is a film podcast i'm talking about tv i don't care um <laughs> it's it really out. really worth watching interesting so. well sean did you see anything else i've been powering through volume two of batman the animated series that nice. brian got me for christmas Nice. just balls deep in batman the animated series so after he got me that i bought the next two volumes so i have all four volumes i'm just gonna binge watch it till i die good for you good life and choices. then um i have been watching that uh, shia labeouf live video on <laughs> <laughs> on YouTube over and oh over and gosh. over again. It about? never gets oh, old. Oh, it's Running the one of... Running from Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Oh, the yeah. Shia LaBeouf murder Actual one? cannibal yeah. Shia LaBeouf. Oh, my Actual God. cannibal Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> I loved it. I loved yeah. it until I saw him at the end, and I'm like, oh, man, he was in on that joke. Damn. <laughs> and then the, the Sia music video. I haven't Are you the, kidding me? I haven't so seen the Sia great. music video. No, that part with him, like, so <laughs> intently, like, looking I mean, creepily was... and clapping yeah. until it's uncomfortable was so... <laughs> perfect like it, it made was, the whole thing it was funny but yeah. i would have liked it more if i knew that he didn't know about well, it it was his it was a little citizen kane throwback though that the whole the whole clapping thing right yeah i guess so so on that note it's welcome to nerds on film everybody i'm sean moyard and i'm brian Moriarty. oh you know what i screwed up i should have been like Welcome to Nerds Old Film! <laughs> you need like some flying animations. And, yeah, can you, and can you play like the flying circus theme music yeah. behind that? Yes, seriously. I, just, yes. I think it's so interesting that of any of the characters, the multitude of characters that have come out of 
the Monty Python stuff, it's always Terry Jones's high-pitched female voice that is the one thing that everyone remembers. Well, well yeah. If there's one thing that these Monty Python boys can do really well, it's it's playing women. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's true. They do a great job. I mean, they don't yeah. pass at all, but that's fine. It's at <laughs> least, portrayals at least for the sake great. of comedy. Yes. Um, Michael Palin, I think, is the most attractive of all of them as a woman. <laughs> no joke. No joke, Roxy. Yeah. I have the world's biggest crush on Michael Palin. Really? I do. I do. He's like, he's my British comedy husband. He's a cute... I have, I have like an... <laughs> I have, you have a British tiny... comedy husband. Yes, I have. I have many husbands. I have my hockey husband. I have oh my, my old timey movie husband. <laughs> I have my Scottish husband. Ooh. This is my British comedy husband. I love whoa, it. Whoa, 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 whoa! Who's your oh. old time movie husband? Yeah, Gene Kelly. Oh, duh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Was like, but I thought that he liked the boys. Or was that just your Estelle character? <laughs> that was just my Estelle character. Gene oh, Kelly. God. I've been telling everybody Gene Kelly loves the cocks. No. Damn Gene it. Kelly was not gay. God damn it. Okay, guys. Today, we're going to wax poetic on yes. everything Monty Python. So yes. who wants to kind of give an introduction on who these men are, what they do, where they came it's from? It's got to be Sarah or Brian. They probably know more than either of us. So, right. <laughs> well, I mean, I can share from my experience, because when we were kids in the early days of Comedy Central, <laughs> uh, Comedy Central used to show Monty Python's Flying Circus. Back in your day. And they also used to show the Monty Python films. Nice. So that was my first experience with Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> um, but, I mean, if we're talking about the history of the group, though... Uh, Monty Python was uh, a comedy group that was started by uh, the five gentlemen that, as we know, Graham Chapman, Six. John Cleese, Six Eric men. Idle. Six. Terry Gilliam came later on. But so, they, they didn't call themselves Monty Python until um, Terry Gilliam Understood, came but I'm, I'm laying the foundation, Sarah. Okay, okay. God damn it. Well, then if you want to lay the foundation, let's go even further back. Yeah. So Michael Palin and Terry Jones, I believe, went to Oxford together, and Cleese and Chapman... Uh, went to Cambridge. Mm-hmm. I could be getting the schools backwards. No, um, you're right. Okay, Jones great. And, Palin, and then Oxford. Eric Idle went to Cambridge a year after Cleese yep. and Chapman, but they all were in a, a comedy group together or like their theatrical comedy group together called Footlights, I believe. Um, so the Cambridge University Footlights Review called yep. Cambridge Circus. Okay. Um, and so kind of separately... Those guys all started writing with each other. Um, right. Eric Idle did most of his writing on his own. Um, Palin, who was actually studying modern modern history, um, ended up uh, kind of just randomly doing something for some school group. Like he ended up doing some sort of performance. Jones saw it, loved it, and said, let's start writing together. Yeah, I don't think any of the gentlemen were actually in college for theater or drama. I think they were all no. there studying different things. Yeah. I think Cleese was studying to be a lawyer. Huh. Yes, Cleese was starting to be a lawyer. I know Chapman was um, starting to be a doctor and he actually got licensed. Yeah, isn't he? Wasn't he a physician? He was, he was actually a physician, yeah. yeah. Um, I forgot Which what Idol was going for. Kind of perfect considering the kind of medical sketches that they oh, do. Oh god, like, yeah. They used to do doctor <laughs> sketches all the time. Um, <laughs> like Graham Chapman actually knew what he was talking yeah, about. Yeah. Um, and then I and then they met Gilliam, um, Later, when Gilliam had come over, well, I think somebody had saw him in New York. Yes. Cleese, Cleese mm-hmm. and Chapman and Idol had gone over to New York to do a tour for their Cambridge troupe. Um, they met him. And then on his own, Gilliam went to uh, 
the UK and was doing animation for a TV group there. Yeah. Um, and then when, so they all started working on their separate projects. And then I believe it was Cleese and Palin. Mm. Uh, Palin had been offered a TV show. He really liked John Cleese's writing from something else that he had seen him in. And so he pulled in Cleese, who pulled in Chapman, who pulled in Idol. That's awesome. And so it was kind of all by happenstance. Whoa, could you write a flow chart? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's a little crazy. There is actually on Wikipedia. Is there actually a flow chart? There's of- a flow chart of all of their involvements together and like all the projects they did together. Yeah. Like years active yeah. and what like right. of live appearances right. and TV broadcasts yeah. and films and It's a whole variety of stuff. And so that's when they actually pulled in Monty Python and got their Flying Circus TV deal. That's awesome. Um, Which they were not expecting to get. It was like they, I think it was almost borderline public access that Mm -hmm. they got through BBC. And BBC was like, all right, well, you got 13 episodes. Let's do what you want. But but, but no more. Yeah. (laughs) No more. And uh, and it was, I mean, from the get-go, it was weird. It uh, was it. They do surrealist sketch comedy, dark, dark, dark stuff. Some too. of it's dark, some of it's weird, yeah. and um. But it's interesting because they kind of kept their writing groups mm-hmm. to themselves. So, um, Jones and Palin would always write together, and they would never write face to face. They would kind of come up with an idea together, <laughs> go write it separately, then regroup. Nice. Uh, Cleese and Chapman used to write together, which um, John Cleese has kind of noted that Graham Chapman was hard to work with. Oh, yeah. Um, There's this whole documentary about Graham Chapman's life narrated by Graham Chapman. Yeah. And the dude's pretty full of himself. (laughs) Well, he's... He went through a lot. I mean, yeah. he was a closeted homosexual for a very long time. This is true. Um, and he was... Who? I'm sorry? Graham, Graham Chapman. Chapman. Oh, okay. And huh. and he was a rampant alcoholic. Um, yeah. I knew about up, that. I didn't know that he was gay, though. Interesting. Yeah, up until um, up until the filming of Holy Grail. That's when he went sober. I think even during... It was during Holy Grail, I think, yeah. right? Yeah. Cause yeah, was, that's King Arthur. But yeah. he died of cancer in 89, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, he died really early. God, John Cleese yeah. gave the best... Eulogy, oh my God. Best eulogy ever. It was televised, too. And he, and he gives this true, complete, like, it's very in, English eulogy. If you eulogy. scroll on Wikipedia, um, yeah. you'll see it. it. There's a quote. There's a whole quote of it. But and the, if the, you guys want to check it, out his documentary, it's called A Liar's Autobiography. Right. And it's an animated movie that came right. out in 2012. But the best part, I mean, the punchline is, is it's classic. So it says, to all this, I say nonsense. Stupid bastard, I hope he burns in hell. Yeah. And he says this in a church, by the way. Yeah. Right? And it's just, everyone just erupts in laughter. Yeah. yeah. So. So Cleese and Chapman were working together. Eric Idle always wrote on his own, and he did most of the the musical bits. Um, I think Cleese and Chapman were always the ones where um, the sketches were always antagonizing each other in arguments, and everybody was kind of at odds with each other. Yeah. And um, Jones and Palin always wrote the ones that were bigger, um, had more scenics and all that other stuff were kind of a little bit more of a wider scope in that mm-hmm. regard. Like the Lumberjack song? Like the, like the Lumberjack. <laughs> well, actually, no, I think Idol wrote the Lumberjack song. Well, because he, he wrote most of the music. Yeah, he wrote stuff. most of the music. Yeah. And then... Um, and then Gilliam basically just had free reign to do whatever the hell he wanted with the animations. He just basically picked up whatever the through line was. Classic. And just did it and went with the stream of consciousness, consciousness style. The falling leaves. The falling leaves. Daddy. Oh, my God. In Meaning of Life, yeah. the falling leaves animation sequence. So great. I cry with laughter every single time. It is so funny. Of just Classic. like the one leaf. Like, and he's like, I, I can't take it anymore. I can't take it. And he like falls. Falls to the ground. And it's, Peter? Yeah. Peter? Peter? No! And 
she falls too. And then, mommy, daddy, yeah, and, mommy, then and they fall. And then all of a sudden, everybody just screams and all the leaves fall to the ground. <laughs> I'll so never random. forget in uh, Holy Grail when it's the uh, the monk in mm-hmm. the built in the tower. Yeah, and he's just like he's he keeps hearing all these noises happening, right? And he's just like, and he runs down the you know the tower. And he goes and like yells at the sun uh-huh. to set already. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's like, oh okay, and just like all the sequences. That's because well, because they're doing the like they're jumping, the stomping. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like giant feet. Yes. <laughs> Um, and that's, I mean, Gilliam got away with a lot. Right. As far as his animations were concerned, because um, the animations weren't going to be as heavily censored mm. as the actual sketch content was. Um, yeah. So hence why he got he got away with a lot of nudity yeah. and a lot of um, kind of gory and perverted type stuff within Flying Circus. Speaking of censorship, I mean, that was basically Monty Python's, like... Uh, call to arms that they were fighting against it oh yeah you know? oh yeah basically They're... meaning of life is a big f you to meaning of life they've gone they went on record and have said we went into that movie with the intention of offending everybody yeah. <laughs> because mean, if they didn't everybody. offend enough people with life of brian no nope. yeah they're I just know. offending the christians there yeah now they're offending everyone <laughs> which life of brian they did relatively tastefully i mean not to get ahead of ourselves here but um they May, they purposefully did not make any sort of antagonizing commentary or anything like that about Jesus Christ himself. Except for the full frontal shot of Graham Chapman and his little... But that has nothing to do with Jesus. Mini the Graham the whole point is, yeah, is that... Yeah, seared into my brain forever. <laughs> I mean, I was like, well, good for him. I was like 12 when I saw that. And I'm like, <laughs> I know. that's my first time seeing a penis on a TV. <laughs> but that's uh, what a dick looks like. <laughs> Thank you, Graham Chapman. <laughs> He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. He's a very naughty boy. thank you terry jones oh my god it's so good um so anyway so uh flying circus was on for four seasons um and john cleese actually left at the end of the third he was kind of done with python at this point he kind of gets bored a little easily Mm -hmm, and uh and he felt like they weren't really pushing limits anymore. And so he was kind of like, ah, I'm good. Which is kind of perfect for him because, let's be honest, he is the most kind of uh, famous or popular or, or commercially successful. Yes. yes. Uh, and I, I, no. I saw him uh, speak. Yeah. Uh, just awesome. Just back in November. How uh, was it? It was good. It was really good. He's very... Um, the reason why he's so funny is because of his personality, because he kind of is frustratingly arrogant. Yeah. But he's really weirdly approachable for it kind of like that weird curmudgeonly guy that you just can't stop laughing at him because of the stuff that comes out of his mouth and i mean he's actually a pretty good humored good-natured guy it's just he just kind of has this really weird smug thing about him that's hilarious that's amazing um so he left um but he came back when they decided to film holy grail which you guys are gonna have to remind me the year that that came out holy grail was 1975 1975 okay so uh holy grail came out one year after uh flying circus finally made its way to america Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so flying circus had already been was already ending in um, the UK by the time it um, became popular in the US and uh, in the US they had troubles because they were cutting sketches to make commercial time happen and were taking content out that they thought would be offensive to Americans and so um, there's a whole big thing up in arms about that but I think what we're trying to talk about today more importantly is the film work that mm-hmm. came out of it yeah. So specifically, we're talking about, I mean, there's 
collections of sketches that they did live or whatever. Yeah. But I think we're talking about the big three. Uh, Holy Grail. Sure. Uh, Life of Brian and Meaning of Life. Yes. So. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about and now for something completely different, which was their technically their first film. But it was more or less a compilation. It was of just a compilation. But it was, yeah. So then, wouldn't you argue yeah. that uh, meaning of life is kind of along the lines of that as well? But but and for something completely different, were um, sketches that were taken directly from the show. Oh, yeah. Meaning of life is vignettes, right. but it's nothing from Flying Circus. No, I mean, it does of follow life had a the same line too, with the whole you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Meaning of life certainly of follows the same. Stuff. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Never mind. All right. Yeah. No same, point. Got same it. stream of consciousness approach yeah. fair enough yeah. so then yeah let's start with holy grail oh my god this movie's so good the best <laughs> so good the best it is so fucking good is it, it is. all of our first exposures to monty python are in the yeah. room holy grail it's mine I, it's still my favorite yeah yeah, yeah. me too yeah, yeah it was um <laughs> can we just do this about holy grail can we just talk about holy <laughs> i mean grail we could I, we probably could <laughs> we here's probably the funny could. thing and i was so glad to hear this come out of john cleese's mouth live in front of me because i've always felt this way yeah he's always like well, the second half of that movie is shit. <laughs> they well, did and, drop the ball a bit. But it's shit for, for a couple of different reasons, though. So, first of all, uh, the <laughs> My Name Python crew, I think it was only Meaning of Life that had, like, significant funding to yeah. it. Oh, they uh, lost. They all, they funded it independently. And wow. the, the issue is they were actually unable to finish filming the actual ending. The script ending for... for uh, for Monty Python and the Holy Grail is is brilliant. They they basically find the Holy Grail in the British version of Walmart. Wow, yeah, so like that, that's nice. their solution. That's, that's pretty awesome. good. Yeah. That would have been well. And uh, funny thing is, if you watch uh, one of the featurettes, I was watching. I love the featurettes and the DVD. Yeah. It's my favorite. I, uh, I own it. I love it. Yeah, Graham Chapman was like, "Well, it's really anticlimactic," and I'm like, "Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> it's extremely it? anticlimactic." <laughs> That would have been better ending, absolutely. So, uh, but this um, film was originally set for £150,000. It was backed by Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin and Jethro Tull. And they were pretty big, they had big fans in the music community. Big, big Mm -hmm. music industry fans. Because didn't um, Jeff, not Jeff Harrison, sorry, George Harrison? George Harrison um, funded Life of Brian. I was going to say, he funded Life of Brian. Yeah, Yeah. and has a cameo in it too. Yes. George Harrison's a Beatle, everybody. Okay, <laughs> just so we clarify that. Why I? Um, if we had, if we had to clarify that, I'm sorry. You'd be surprised. I know. <laughs> you'd be surprised. I once had to explain to somebody that Ringo all I the listen to is Beatles. Skrillex. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you. No. Um, <laughs> That's music. Oh not. my god. Are you yeah. sure that wasn't like Lilo from or? Are you no, sure it it's Stitch. Like, like I, I, I say, it's Bri- Brian, I say that a lot of that dubstep shit is just like it's what it would sound like if a robot had epilepsy. Or I see no, the first machine was on the fritz. The just first robot seizures. The over first and over time again. I ever heard dubstep music, you I know. was like, why does it sound like a robot fucking a Jamba Juice blender? Jamba Juice. That's pretty much what it was. Back to Monty Python. Back to that. Um, so funding so, was so, funded yeah, so, by basically the biggest rock yeah. stars of the 70s. <laughs> right. Um, but they ended up, their ended up total budget that they had at the end was 229,000. Yeah, sorry, 229,000. Thank you. Um, pounds or dollars? Pounds. Right. And uh, which I mean, a lot of money in the seventies, but still fairly low budget for the time. You sure, know, yeah. they wanted to film and everything. I well, mean... and they filmed most of it in Scotland. Mm-hmm. It, and makes sense. That's where the, most of the castles are still. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, and the castle, yeah. any scene that you saw with the castle, yeah. was pretty much 
just two castles. And yeah. they were, the castles stay are real. They're still there today. Yeah, they're yeah. still and there. They're still used as filming locations. They f- they film uh, Outlander at the same castle that they filmed um, all the major scenes. <laughs> what? Sarah, have you seen it? Oh, God, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Haven't we talked about it? Remember Diana what? Gobbledong? Yeah, but at that point you hadn't been watching it yet. Wait, yes, I had. Really? Say, oh, okay. Yeah. Did you Gobbledong. Say Gobbledong. Yeah, we, Gobbledong. we decided her name was going to. Oh, Brian may not have been here for that That's one. That's right. Yeah. We Diana decided G- that her name was Diana Gobbledong. <laughs> the author I still don't know what you're talking the about. The author of the Outlander series. It's Diana Gabaldon. Yeah. <laughs> so is this is this just like it's sensual, like medieval? Because it, yeah, yeah, it's, it's time travel yeah. and erotica and Scotsman. Oh, good uh, shit. Yeah, oh, it's great. It's wonderful. Anyway. And it's on stars. So there's lots of titties. <laughs> yes. Lots of titties. Lots of T and A. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, no D? <laughs> <laughs> Moving so, right along. Castles they don't go Scotland. full HBO, Sean. They don't show the D yet. <laughs> they actually filmed all the you know, the castle scenes in a real-ass castle. Yeah. yeah. It was great. Yeah. And they were very... I mean, you gotta hand it to Jones and Gilliam. They were very creative with their, with their cinematography so that they... They could use a spot over and over again. Like the Frenchmen were never shown inside the castle, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Blumen knows it you. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> the, the whole, the whole zoot. The whole Galahad and zoot. Uh, oh my God. Scenes. Carol Cleveland. I think you're gay. Can we give a shout out to Carol Cleveland? She is the best associate member of Monty Python. I mean, a lot of people call her the seventh Python. Thank because, you. Yeah. And she. She's she great. killed it on the show, yep. and she killed it in all their movies. Yeah. We must She's... have sex. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We will spank. Then spank me. Yes, we will all get spanking. And then the oral sex. And then the oral sex. Oral sex. It could stay for a while. <laughs> I just love that part. It's like, oh, a bitch, you're gay. And then they have, they take that one little snippet of a joke and turn it into a whole and number. Turn it into a whole musical oh, number and spam goodness. a lot. Thank you. And they make Idol. yeah. So they it, so spoiler alert. They make Lancelot. Like really gay. Yeah, <laughs> his name is Lancelot. He likes to dance yes. a lot. <laughs> and, like I don't know if it's, this is true in all versions, but the version I saw, they they take off his tunic and he's basically wearing uh, a bow tie and uh, like a a gold speedo. Nice. nice. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. They, they go with Rocky Horror with it. Basically. There we go. All right. So, you guys. Go figure. You guys. Oh, the freaking coconuts! Oh my oh. god. <laughs> What's that there? <laughs> you got coconuts, you're banging them together. <laughs> Come along now, Patsy. Was that another thing from the budget, Brian? Were they supposed to have horses, but they had to? They, I don't they were think like, so. how do we cleverly get around not I having think, horses? I, God, I, I think not. it was their way of getting around having horses. I think yeah. it was their budget fix. But I think just it was being just a joke. Deliberate. I thought it was yeah. a really good joke. And it's really good joke. I love the whole, so How did she get coconuts all the way out here? <laughs> Are you saying coconuts migrate? <laughs> One of the best lines in the entire Do you know that somebody had actually calculated the speed of an unladed European swallow? The airspeed velocity? Yeah, you could you could find it on you wow. can find it online or whatever if you Google it. That is Why am I getting the sneaking crazy. suspicion that we've done this episode already? We haven't done it already. We've talked about Holy Grail, like very briefly. Also, yeah. we have a whole episode saying, "Are you saying coconuts migrate?" Though I'm just making sure that, like, we're not. Was that Nerds on History? No, that was a Nerds on Film episode, but I don't think it was a Monty. Checking. Python. Thank Uh-oh. you. I was realizing, like, I don't want us to repeat ourselves. I'm just like, um... well, have you guys talked about Life of Brian? Or we haven't. We definitely have life. Are you saying coconuts migrate? Was an episode of Nerds on History. Ah. Oh, it was the King Arthur episode, I believe. Right That's there, we go. That's what it was. Okay, sorry. Sorry, sorry, guys. I do host God, both podcasts. I got confused. My yeah. apologies. Continue on. <laughs> on yes, yes, yes. Very good. And now on. for something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking for a certain 
someone. <laughs> stop no, that, no, stop no, that. No, 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 singing. no, 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 no singing on the podcast. None. I want to sing. <laughs> Son, one day, all of this will be yours. What, the curtains? What, the curtains? <laughs> curtains? <laughs> I didn't want to marry her. Why don't you want to marry her? She's young. She's wealthy. She's you got huge tracks, tracks of, of land. land. <laughs> you have <I> want- the swoop. <laughs> I... Son, one, I, I built this castle up from nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that ca- I built the castle. That's like under the swamp. <laughs> I built the other one. That's But the third one stunned. And that's what you're going to inherit, son. The strongest castle of these. There, I know well, I mentioned this. I don't this. want to. <laughs> I don't want any of that. <laughs> um, I, I know I mentioned this on the Nerds on History episode, but there is a there is a shirt out there that says huge tracks of land nice. that I've been very tempted to buy. Please get them. <laughs> I'm sorry, please get the shirt. Please get the shirt. Yes, Sarah, I was boobs, saying, please boobs, get Sarah's that boobs, for them. Boobs, boobs. <laughs> for the precogs, yes, please. They the deserve pre-cogs. it. <laughs> so wait, wait, wait. Back to life of Brian, though. Like, what, what did, what just didn't do it for you? I just couldn't connect with it, and I don't know if it was. I mean, I was coming out of my uber Catholic phase in my life, okay. so it wasn't religious. What? You came out of it? Yeah, yeah, I did. Believe it or not, I mean, so it. Okay, so there was a point where I was like really hardcore Catholic when I was in my early teens. So. By 1819, I was... Were you thinking was, about becoming a priest? Oh. It, I, it did, I was considering becoming a priest at one wow. point, yeah. Um, when I think of, like, hardcore Catholic, like, the phrase, I just think of you, like, just wearing black and, like, it's just straight edge and just, like, I, really, tattooed because and, I, I like, imagine praising him. Jesus and listening to No, I to imagine metal. him, like... Going home and like whipping himself. And, like, <laughs> oh, hang on a second. Oh, shit. That's some Opus Day crazy shit. Yeah. He didn't have so to do that. Shit. I whipped him for him. Yeah, I'm just saying, like he that's that not. I mean, that's that's not all Catholics. I know. Okay, I know. So, um, I'm from a Catholic Brian, family. Like, I know. Okay. 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 I'm just. I'm just no, but he does choke listeners. himself while he jerks off. That's a totally Catholic thing. God damn it. Okay, um, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm gosh with shoelaces. So okay. Anyway, this is not about my my journey with my shoelace faith. jerking off. Problem. Habits, but yeah. what I would say is that <laughs> it's it's not the wow. Um, focusing on <laughs> focusing on the the movie. Um, so it had nothing to do. Even though there was it was controversial, uh, it had nothing to do with the the mocking of Christ or anything like that. Even though there's like you said, there's no direct jokes against Jesus. That didn't bother me at all. I thought that was like okay. It just it was kind of eh. Like to I me, think he said, just, "Blessed are the cheese." Makers. I love that line. <laughs> Blessed are the cheese makers. I, I gave it a shot when I um, my good friend Nap, mm-hmm. who has been on this podcast, he's great. He's great. Um, demanded that I see it, and so I did. And that's just yeah. I just wow. Just it just it just didn't. It's not that I didn't find it funny. There were mm-hmm. plenty of bits that were funny. I'm very Monte Python esque. It's just a, I just it didn't it didn't. <laughs> you just say Monte Python. Monte Monte Python. <laughs> That's the black version. <laughs> Monte Monte Python. <laughs> they do say Monty Python. Monty Python. Um. Yeah. I mean, Life of Brian. Okay. So, I was expecting it to be just as kind of like innocently funny as Holy Grail was, but then there were these really like adult themes about it and darker comedy pieces about it that yeah. I, I mean maybe i was just too young to really connect to it but i, I kind of felt the same way I, I really didn't hit it as well for me as like holy grail did yeah i mean if i have to rank them it goes in the order that they were released like mm. i it's to me it's grails meaning? on top brian's in the middle and life and the meaning of life is you didn't a, really a like third. meaning of life 
I mean, it has some really great moments to it. Shit, yeah, whole opening sequence. That it, oh, it's, it's so way well seen. Yeah. It's, it's, it's innocent mint. I'm going to confess I've never seen Life of Brian. You've never what? seen Life of Brian? No, I, I don't mean, I know love you. Life and I love Monty Python, but I've never seen Sean, Life of Brian. Sean, I think you would like Life you of Brian. You want to know why? Yeah. I don't want to see a movie that has my douchebag brother's name in the title. It'll just remind me of him. Hey, That's hey, weak. That's weak on. reason, Sean. Don't be such a hold bitch. On. I know about the Life of Brian. It's not that fucking entertaining. Wait a goddamn, <laughs> wait a goddamn second. Life of Brian spells his name with an I. Oh. Same shit, Brian. Gauntlet Throne. No. He's bringing up years <laughs> of angst that I have fought with. Sean. It's the same thing of I the white. No, it's not. <laughs> Sean, okay, if I can give you any recommendation for the film, it's the last scene when they're kind of like, it's basically the credit sequence. It's not, I no, use. not the last well, scene. Come on, the song? Well, yeah, no, oh, I mean, that's, a well, of course, of course. And of course, they end up repurposing it in Spamalot yeah. musical. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I know that shit. That shit's great. It kind of just sums it up all nicely. The best scene the in the movie. Well, the stoning is really funny. Yeah, the stoning, the stoning is really great. funny. No, the best scene is when he wakes up in the morning, <laughs> opens the window, and he's ass naked. And all these people who mistakenly thought that he was the Messiah are standing out there. And they're all talking in unison at him. All of them. And then when he like finally goes back in, he puts his clothes on. And he's talking to them. He's like, go away, go away. And they're like, we're not leaving. And, uh, and he's like... He's like, listen to me. You're all different. And they just go, we're all different. He's like, You're not the same. We're not the same. And the one guy goes, well, I'm not. <laughs> like the whole thing, the oh whole sequence is so fucking yeah. funny. Oh, I, I actually so think it's very, I mean, I will say the one thing that's really clever about it. It's something they don't, they, they don't really ever talk about when you're learning about the origin of Christianity is yeah. that there were other people during that period, claiming to be the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And I just think it is kind of funny that, now we didn't ever talk about the group of people who thought that, that one person was and were just running with it. Yeah. yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So, um, the concept is, is it is brilliant yeah. for that reason alone. Anyway. So, Terry Jones. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think he was the director and the creative center of Monty Python? What was it about him? He was the heart. Yeah. He mm-hmm. was the one who I think, well, okay. They all fought with each other. <laughs> they, Lots of egos in the room. Yeah. Well, they all... The thing is, is what they fought about the most was the quality of their sketches. They never fought for acting time. Because mm. they all thought of themselves as writers more than actors. Mm-hmm. So they were pretty... They were pretty cool about, you know, who gets to play who, whatever, no big deal. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely had to be a democratic process for what what content made it in to the final product that's fair and i think for the most part jones was at that point kind of the unofficial leader of the group yeah um he was the one who was doing most of the communication with bbc and producers and business aspect of it um i think he's probably one of the more mellow um egos there although michael palin has been <laughs> said mm. to be like the nicest guy in the uk i feel like michael palin and eric idle are probably like oh, the probably babies of the super group. freaking nice right super cuties yeah um, baby faces i know <laughs> uh but and jones jones and cleese used to actually get really heavy into it when they were fighting over content yeah. like big time Jeez. but when it came time to making these movies and directing i think they were all just more concerned about getting a good product yeah and you kind of have to understand that 
you you gotta take a step back and just let it happen you I know mean, isn't the whole like creation of the name monty python itself wasn't that whole process of them just like flipping yeah. through a dictionary yeah and picking random words i think so so they really did did it together but they did it on this creative whim that's pretty yeah. much the legacy of Monty Python, just going off on these creative yeah. uh, spasms of, of, like you said, um, stream of consciousness. Yeah, but I, but they put, like, serious thought into their content, you oh, know? Oh, sure. Um, I know that Gilliam, Gilliam and Jones directed Holy Grail together. And then mm-hmm. Jones did Life of Brian on his own. Yeah. Yeah, and then Jones also did Meaning of Life mostly on his own, except for the fact that Gilliam... Gilliam's participation really was the animated intro sequence mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. um the, the the was it the crimson um crimson oh. permanent assurance yeah crimson permanent assurance such a great piece. which when you watch that it drips of Gilliam yes and, it does and Gilliam in the height of Gilliam when he's <laughs> yeah. doing like Brazil yeah. You know? yeah well Gilliam's got such a unique eye and you can even tell the shots in Holy Grail that yeah. are that look, Gilliam's yeah. like the whole Galahad being in the wilderness, <laughs> yeah. working his way to the castle, is completely Gilliam. Yeah, uh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. So great. Yeah. So it's I surrealist and dark and twisted. I yeah. Love it. So I think, um, I think Gilliam probably took a step back when it came to Life of Brian because he had the intention of. I mean, at this point, he was pursuing his own projects. Mm. Um. So yeah, I even got some glimpses of like twelve monkeys. Oh my god! Yeah, in in that whole opening crimson permanent assurance, just like the style and like yeah. the 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 artistic, um, it's 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 angled you know. close ups yeah. that go really fast, and <laughs> yeah. like are just kind of so... like dizzying. Yeah, going back to the to the name, which version, which which definition of Python did they want to invoke with the title? Oh, um. I don't know, Sean. All right, we've got Python. Noun. One. (laughs) Any of several old world boa constrictors of the subfamily Pythonia manana. Manawayana. Often (laughs) growing to a length (laughs) of more than 20 feet. Six meters, if you're British. The Indian Python, blah, blah, blah. That was okay. So that or then Python 2. Second definitions for a noun. A spirit or demon or a person who is possessed by a spirit and uh, prophesizes by its aid. Or Python in classical mythology, also a noun, a large dragon who guarded the chasm of Delphi from which prophetic vapors emerged. He was finally killed by Apollo, who established his oracle on the site. Nope. They're saying the only significance about the name is that they thought it sounded funny. There you go. Well, shit. It says... Uh, I just read down, the Sean. dictionary for no reason. <laughs> don't Sorry, don't bring it down, John. No need. No it need. says here um, in a documentary... I will say that Monty is a male given name. Great. So, Mon- no, Monty <laughs> just means like the fuller desired amount or something like that. It says that. the group implied that Monty was selected by Eric Idle as a gently mocking tribute to the field marshal Lord Montgomery, a legendary British general of World War II, requiring a slippery sounding surname. They settled on Python. Um, and on other occasions, apparently Idle has claimed the name Monty was that of a popular rotund fellow who drank in his local pub. So some guy he met at a pub. Or... Um, and then they said, uh, "Just a, it's a great name for a sleazy entertainment agent too. Like yeah. if they ever knew a guy, <laughs> his name would probably be Monty Python." Either way, <laughs> that pairing of words is like stamped. It's poetic. 
into Western culture. It's great. And it's so much better than other like improv or other groups that try to come up with something fucking kitschy for their like, like, oh, the assaulted nuts are performing. Do you want to go see the assaulted nuts? (laughs) Or, oh, we're going to go see the sanguine humors. Let's go see them. Monty Python. Wow, Sean, way way to make a dig at the Bellarmine improv team. Yep. Fuck those assholes. Turf war. Sean and I were both in part of our high school improv team. Mm -hmm. Not at the same times. Uh, we were the wise guys ah. with a Z, which because oh. that's kind of fucked up. Because oh, we had we had hood. girls in there, but we called ourselves the wise guys. Okay, that's even nice. Flying Circus. Yeah, what a great name. Yeah, that was again just one of those things that they had come up with a few other pitch titles, but uh, BBC had already written Monty Python's Flying Circus into the schedule, so it stuck. So great, <laughs> so great, so great. So I am going to be honest. Yeah. I had never seen um, a meaning of life oh, up until, until now. now. Okay. Yeah. That middle of the movie part. So good. You're like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> oh, fishy, fishy, fishy. Oh. I, I was watching the Lady Gaga music video. <laughs> right? Like, what the Dude, fuck? Lady Gaga stole her look from Graham Chapman Thank in drag. You. Graham Chapman, <laughs> yep. the original Lady Gaga. Is so weird, and I think that's like my brother's favorite part. Like I remember, like at one point, he was like (laughs) randomly quoting it, and I was like, "What is happening?" No, my my I love. There's so many good bits of this movie, like the the part where the woman's giving birth and they're just pulling in all the machines and stuff, and the oh the thing that goes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god uh, i'm the husband nobody involved is allowed to be only people involved are allowed to be in yeah. here okay, no. <laughs> and um i every sperm is sacred oh the every sperm is sacred song is the best oh my god i like how there are like random asian children in the I just, house no i love the fact that it turned into this huge musical number and then when they go across the street this is the best part when they go across the street and the protestant couple's talking oh and the god. guy's just talking all about how protestants get to use condoms <laughs> And Catholics don't, except, like, only if they want to, because oh. they're never having sex. And the, as he's talking, you just see this line of sad children just constantly coming out of the house. Like, they, it doesn't stop. It's just a clown car. Of it's kids. so fucking funny. <laughs> so great. And the so scene great. where uh, John Cleese is teaching sex. Oh, my oh my god, that's the first thing from that movie that I ever saw. I flipped through channels and landed on the beginning of that where he like just brings his wife in yeah. and she just drops her dinner gear. with them tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I, the part where he's just like, so <laughs> last week we talked about foreplay, correct? Yes. <laughs> and it's they're like the nipples. And he's just like, as he's talking, he's like, so yes, at this point you've had the the vaginal juices are flowing and the penis ha- begins to hard. Dead. <laughs> like, I love how all the rest of the Python guys are students. Are in the that students room. in it? Yeah. And then he's just like, "Hey, what are you doing?" He's like, "It's an ocarina." <laughs> Bring your top. <laughs> and he like just, walks it up and tries to the table, man. <laughs> so As good. he's like deep into his wife. Yeah, she's just laying there. With, I know. Like, dead I just eyes. she just like takes off her clothes and lays down. <laughs> she's like, just, like just, hanging out. Whatever, no big deal. Not a biggie at all. Somebody open a window. Yeah. <laughs> open a window. <laughs> I do remember. Watching that scene, uh, it was on at home one night, and my mm-hmm. parents were in the room, and feeling very uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure, I'm sure. I yeah. I first saw Meaning of Life. I came into it on that scene. Oh, really? And my brother was watching it. My parents weren't home. Uh-huh. And so I was like, okay, I'll watch this. And I think I got 
got most of the way through it and it was when um Oh God! It was when he was when Eric Idle singing the song about the universe. Oh, my and God. there's the the image of like the woman's vagina that you then go into, and I was just like, and I'm good. <laughs> I was like, I, it was like at this point, like I've sat through more than enough of this, and I've realized I am far too young to be watching this and, movie. Yeah, I'm gonna step away, and I'm gonna revisit this when I'm older. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm gonna get to this when. And I, can I watched get it. it again when I was like in late high school, and right. I was like, okay, I'm better now. Nice. <laughs> this is okay. You know, there's something to be said about like watching it as a kid versus as like an older person. This is not a movie for children. No, truly, I this mean, my thought is not for children. Even though there's a lot of slapstick, a lot of flying circus, you can get away with for kids. Okay. And Even a good Holy portion Grail. of Monty Python and Holy Grail. Yeah. Too. That's pretty yeah. much the only family I don't have to say friendly. I full title every time I say it, but... Well, and, and, and with Holy Grail, there's still jokes that are... There's like, some... I mean, the whole Castle Anthrax bit yeah. is, is <laughs> Which is such a terrible name. Yeah. So bad. <laughs> Which they say in the film. <laughs> I know it's one of a good name. Um, so oral sex. <laughs> um, I mean, aside from that one bit, you can get away with most of what's in Monty Python. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, except for the whole... Dennis bit because I think he just speaks in too lofty vocab terms. Oh yeah, supreme huh. executive power comes oh from a to the masses, not from some fossil aquatic ceremony. <laughs> help, help! I'm being oppressed. Come see the violence inherited in the system. I love it. Help! Help! I'm being oppressed. It's just some water talk oh. through so you. How do you know he's a king? So we're lobbing a scimitar. Yeah. <laughs> he has to go shit all over him. What does he say? Moistened. A moistened bint. How do you know? <laughs> She's a witch. How do you know she's a witch? She, she looks into like into one. She turned me into a newt. How do you? <laughs> I got better. Yeah, yeah, got better. A newt. What, what else flows? What do you do with witches? Burn them. <laughs> and what do you burn witches with? More oh, witches. <laughs> and then he just comes in, grabs her, a duck. Yeah. What do you do? Very with small rock. If you throw it in water. Oh, it floats. Yeah, I know, it floats. So wood also floats in water. <laughs> Very small rock. Very small rock. <laughs> Very small. A duck. <laughs> this is up my nose. It's a false one. <laughs> it is a fair cop. We did make the nose. And, yeah, and... <laughs> and, and, and that, we did what was yeah. in the hat. Yeah. But yeah. she's a witch. She's a witch. <laughs> That's such a great sequence. Oh, oh yeah. my God. The watch you did. It's, it's so good. It's pretty much up until you get where they cross the bridge. That's kind of oh. where it loses me. But oh, my God. God. What is and the capital me, of the city? questions three. <laughs> At least the other side of the, wo- the bridge you see. Yes. Oh, here's a really what good... What is your name? Here's a really good uh, piece of trivia. Uh, uh, the sorcerer, Tim. Yeah. Yes. Right? Uh, Some called me Tim. Tim. So the way that line is delivered, kind of legit, because John Cleese could not remember the name of the sorcerer. Seriously? Oh, so so he improv Tim, because he's like, some call me This is how genius Tim? they are. So and they kept they it because it was fucking hilarious <laughs> <laughs> just like I, I, just like oh great dim <laughs> I, I was amazed like it wasn't Merlin like right. you would no, think right. that's the most logical sorcerer in that time period to put in you would think greetings yeah. King Arthur yes. <laughs> yes where's the beast is it behind the rabbit it is it's the rabbit. rabbit. It is the rabbit. You silly sod! Very sharp teeth. Yes, for only if you be men of valor, for death awaits you all. With big and nasty, pointy teeth. <laughs> and then the monks with the oh, yes. <laughs> the holy hand grenade of Antioch. 
Oh Lord, bless this thy holy hand grenade. <laughs> with it thy may blow thy enemies to tiny bits in thy mercy. <laughs> oh, so good. The number Armist. thou shalt count yes. is three. Yes. <laughs> yes. Armaments chapter one, verses 14 through 22. <laughs> we are the knights who say nee. <laughs> we are no longer the knights who say Nicky. Nicky. We are the knights who say Zumbong Simon. You must bring us. Isn't this. Is, is it's much a shrubbery. shrubbery. This is Michael Palin at his best. Oh, it's <laughs> amazing. Uh, <laughs> it's just down the tree. It's the not jolly too tree. expensive. With the herring. Herring. Every quote in this movie. You want to talk about quotable movies? Oh my god! It's just None a flesh wound. <laughs> None shall pass. <laughs> okay, uh, I could do the whole black knight on my own. Um, I've yes, got the black knight on the back of my phone. Yeah, yeah girl. Yeah. I have the black knight. You know, face with to Gandalf. face with Gandalf. You know, you it's... shall not pass. None shall pass. Yes, you <laughs> shall not pass. None shall pass. Yes, <laughs> I'll bite your legs off. <laughs> 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 Victory is mine. Oh Lord, we thank thee that in my mercy. He <laughs> kicks it. Oh, had enough, eh? You are indeed brave tonight, but the fight is mine. Oh, had enough, eh? Chicken, chicken. Look, you stupid bastard, you got no arms left. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Uh, so, admittedly, the end of the movie is not as <laughs> Yeah, the end of the movie is not as good. Oh, or, I uh, forgot the, about I, I was saying that, as well as the other films. Oh, uh, Life of the Ryan other movies. And, other movies. Sorry, you know, that's the end of the film. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, they're they're not. Um, but then I think because Holy Grail, it's got knights at the round table. It does. When knights Burning. in the round table. <laughs> we think it. The best in next rock cable. I have to push the Pramalot. I love the part where um, uh, it's Gilliam actually and he's dancing and there's like the musician sitting behind him and he like leans down and like swooshes his hand up and down and pulls the curtains and oh, like, all yeah. the fucking spaggle falls on it. It is kind of random they cut to it and then you cut to the one the guy the dungeon who's clapping along with his ankles and chains. Or his wrists and chains I should say. Yeah. So good. Great. It's great. It's just a silly place. It's just a silly place. Yeah. Yes. The other movies are not as quotable but they still have of quality i don't know i just yeah i feel like their prime work was flying circus and uh-huh. holy grail yeah. but i don't want to diminish the other work I mean, that was done there because there was really yeah. good stuff in life of brian and meaning of how life how can you not yeah. talk about flying circus and not bring up the spanish inquisition spanish inquisition <laughs> nobody expects the spanish inquisition <laughs> yes. our weapons are such diverse elements as fear supplies <laughs> i mean spanish inquisition the dead nobody <laughs> expects the spanish inquisition stop the cheese every skit. time you say it we gotta say it that's yeah. how it the, cheese skit. the cheese skit is do you great. have any <laughs> spam of course spam 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 spam, 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 spam which spam, it's because spam. of that sketch that email spam got named spam oh shit yeah yeah i i think it's amazing to think that because of the ex parrot scene (laughs) oh my god i love the monument to monty python that was erected in london is a giant parrot nice (laughs) a giant dead parrot (laughs) yeah this parrot has ceased to be (laughs) (laughs) he's gone to sing with the choir invisible (laughs) this is an ex parrot (laughs) and and it's the dead parrot dead parrot sketch that 
John Cleese was quoting in the beginning of his eulogy for Graham Chapman. Yes, he was. He was using all the euphemisms for death in his eulogy. Um, But, uh, yeah, Dead Parrot, uh, the self-defense sketch is really good. Ministry of Silly Walks. Silly Walks! Uh, (laughs) Upper Class Twit of the Year. Um, Oh, God, was the... the... Oh, what about the Silly Olympics? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Excuse me. This is the Department of Arguments. Look, I've told you once. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. I'm sorry. Is this going to be the five-minute argument or the one-hour argument? <laughs> yes. Uh, the flying sheep. Flying sheep. Flying sheep. Yes. Lumberjack. Sheep do fly. A lumberjack. I'm a lumberjack. lumberjack and no, I'm I don't. Okay. okay. I'm okay. I sleep all night because I whack all day. Jeez, Brian, you're really killing it tonight with quotes. Sorry. I just, it... No, don't apologize. I think you're doing great. I put on women's clothing and hang around in bars. <laughs> What's amazing is that there's a German version of that song oh my God, awesome. that Michael Palin sings. Nice. That he sang in Germany, I think. That's is great. Like, yeah, okay, um, quick, quick question. And, ooh, and real quick, what? though, in the Lumberjack song, um, the girl in that scene yeah. not carol cleveland this time but it was actually john cleese's wife nice yes. yep. nice wow. so then can i kind of get a, a survey from each of you guys um your favorite monty python member Ooh, you member member that's oh. tough yeah of the six. Oh. are we going i'm gonna have to outclass sean for this one are we going for length or are we going for <laughs> oh i'm sorry I'm sorry. Girth? <laughs> Are we going for length, size, girth? Um, I prefer girth over length, eh? It's like a tuna can. For me, you know. So, okay, yeah. Pick your, yeah, pick one. Pick up, okay, of the, the gentlemen who yes, of the perform with Monty of Python. Um, oh, that is a tough one. Um, hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't pick. I love them all. You I, love I, them refuse. All? I refuse. I refuse to mean, pick. It's, okay. To me, it's, it's probably, and God, it's a tie. It's a tie. I'm, actually, no, I can't because yeah, I no. mean Michael Palin is so great. Yes. So is so is John Cleese. John Cleese is naturally. I mean he he is the most astute sounding of all of all yep. of them. Yes, yep. he is. There's a reason why Eric, he was the Schweppes. Yeah, Eric <laughs> Idle's got the nudge, nudge, wink, wink, like <laughs> euphemism guy. Yeah, he was yeah. so fucking funny. Right, and Terry Jones is just a, a genius when it comes to his characters. He yeah, Graham portrayed. Chapman yeah. is fucking King Arthur. I mean, Graham just, Chapman. In is, Brian, he really, I mean, he really he was, was the straight man of the group essentially. Well, yeah. Michael Palin played the straight man a lot too, but like kind of more the duh duh straight man. Yeah, where Michael like Graham Palin, Chapman was yeah. a little bit more of the uh, angry yeah. straight man kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I, for that reason, that's why I like Michael Palin because he just played the dumb so cutely. Like he did, he did, he did a really good job. He's so adorable. He's I just so. I just oh, I hug him. I like. I don't even care that he's super old now. I still love him. <laughs> You're like, I'd still hit it. Oh man! I, every time I think of him, I look at his face. All I think about is a fish called Wanda. Oh my Revenge! god! Oh my Revenge! God. Yes. Revenge! 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 So, Sean is Michael Palin your favorite too? No, I mean he. I really like him in a fish called Wanda, and that's awesome. But I'd have to say it's a two-way tie between Cleese and Idol. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Yeah, they just—they're all—they're all really good. Who'd you rather? <laughs> Who'd I rather fuck? Terry Gilliam, because Terry he's Gilliam. just an amazing artist. He's got See, a great chin. Too. I know Terry... he's into some weird shit, and so am I. So let's let's get fucking twelve because he's gonna up do you here. from the weird angles. <laughs> yeah. that... Have you ever listened? I want him to, Terry to fuck Gilliam me talk? with the wings on from Brazil. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> That's fucked up. I know. I'm sorry. That was a joke. Katie, if you're listening. I, I would fuck Terry Gilliam because of what he did in The Fisher King. I love well, what, I, I love I The mean, Fisher King. It's good, but I'm just saying, have you have you ever listened to him talk, though? No. Okay. Yep. Listening Should to I? him talk, it's one of those things where it's like, if you just close your eyes yeah. and listen, 
you imagine like the most socially awkward super nerd that you went to high school with if that wasn't you yourself well that's what he looks like too you don't have I, to close your eyes no i know but like it's <laughs> like well i mean yeah he had a dorky haircut he looks like a little less of a nerd now but like he had a yeah. dorky haircut back in the 70s nice. but like but if you just but if you listen i'm like Dude, let's go. Uh, let's go play some like D and D together. That's, like, I feel like that's your vibe. <laughs> like, He's just a creative individual. He is. Sure. He is. No, no, no. And a brilliant, brilliant mind. They're definitely, all brilliant minds. Definitely. Yeah, of course. But, there was just something extra about Terry Gilliam that made him stand out for so many. I reasons. think he had um, a real strong drive to create and and visual mediums because he really mm-hmm. was not an actor i mean no. he, he barely appeared in in that many scenes yeah. and stuff like that in that many parts of the movie um movies i should say right but he was he was really more a he's just a, he is just a creator yeah so mm-hmm. i think that that's why he was more driven to just direct like crazy as opposed mm-hmm. to the other guys who are more about writing or the things that they were creating mm-hmm. yeah. i don't know i feel like it's like, like michael palin went, went on to do a bunch of travel documentaries that's right. right and that speaks to his love of history too mm-hmm. and so did terry jones terry jones did a couple of uh specials about like he did history of armaments at one yeah. point nice. um and uh, they talked about he talked about like like ancient warfare all the way up to like um to the birth of firearms yeah i somebody i forgot who but somebody had was like quoted as um talking about terry jones saying you could talk to him about literally anything and you will be blown away by his depth of knowledge nice because he is just a brilliant individual actually and even when i went to oxford and cambridge i I know hope so i know right (laughs) right Uh, but even when i was listening to john cleese talk i mean so he was talking with adam savage from mythbusters which was really rad nice um and I mean, they were talking about creation and psychology and religion and life and philosophy. And I, and he was just like rolling off of it as if it was like any old conversation, which makes me love him that much more because I'm like, these are the conversations I want to have all the time. I talk yeah. about movies a lot, but let's talk about philosophy, too. Let's go there. I'm like, this is great. You know, I got really it's it's just god damn it i love these guys i want to just hug them all like right now <laughs> except for graham chapman i want to hug him when he's alive not i want to <laughs> hug him when he's alive and fully clothed whatever <laughs> he's gay it's not a big deal Ooh. he's not picky he's not into me i don't care <laughs> sarah's into a different kind of python oh, <laughs> you look that definition up in your dictionary sean uh, <laughs> Well, I think we've said all we need to say. Hell so. yeah. Probably. Shall we go into feedback? Do we. Listener feedback. Yeah. Um, we got a feedback from Mo. <gasps> Mo, um, can I read it? Yes, you Mo can read it. Is, is it little... Mo Sizzlack? No, it's my little Persian version, Mo. Longtime listener, awesome friend to the show. We love him. I love you, Mo. You're the best. He loves it in uh, feedback about Marvel. And his message is, um, have you guys thought about doing a special nerdonomy on Marvel and DC Comics? How Marvel has a formula that they use in every movie. Uh, for example, the villain always dies, and when you think a hero is, or someone the hero works with, is supposedly killed, how they're brought back later. Example, Nick Fury, Nick Fury, and Nick Fury. <laughs> Nick Fury. That's the porn name. That's the porn <laughs> version. Um, Nick Fury and Agent Coulson. Also, how DC is starting to catch things up with their slate of movies set up till 2020. 
I think it's an interesting topic. I would like to wait until they have a couple more DC Comics films out there because right now the only ones we can really speak to uh, under the official DC moniker are Green Lantern and Man of Steel, which are two highly uh, debated films as yeah. far as quality. Most people don't like Green Lantern at all, but... Man of Nobody Steel. likes Green Fucking Lantern. Right? I still haven't even seen it. Brian Reynolds doesn't like Green Lantern. But Man of Steel is a very, um, is a very galvanizing movie. As was Superman Returns too, just because Gal- there's so many different Steel? opinions. Galvanized. Like Galvan. Oh, she did it. Yeah, she did that. <laughs> Let's go with polarizing. Polarizing. Thank you. Yeah, it's we really need just to kind of see uh, Justice League. We need to see the smaller character movie films before we can really assess. Because I feel like I do agree. That Marvel does follow those certain tropes, but then again, so did the early DC movies, if you're talking about the early Batman movies yeah. as well. I mean, so, we've, we've talked about X-Men, we've talked about Marvel and all that in sure. previous episodes. And then there's the Mobro Batman show, right? Yes. And then you guys, did you guys do a Superman show? You guys did we, we did a Superman one, Super too. We actually, when I throw this That's out there. That's two parts. 95, or sorry, this year is the 20th anniversary of Batman Forever and the 10th anniversary of Batman Begins. Nice. So we're thinking about revisiting those two movies at some point this year. We are? We're thinking about it. Sean and I were thinking Who's about we? it. Who's we? I was do? thinking about it. I don't even remember talking. Brian was thinking about it is what it sounds like. Brian's talking about I haven't heard about this person. at all. Brian's <laughs> Brian's talking about himself like he's Queen Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seven personalities in you, my head. You in the Commonwealth, Brian? Wait a second. Where am I? Where am I? This is, all right. I got this it. I got some cave. feedback, motherfuckers. Why are okay, the Sean. Padded? Brian is apparently oh. the sovereign of his own <laughs> empire. No, I, I, I could have sworn that was brought up to the group. I apologize. That might have just been the voices in my head I was speaking it's okay. to. It's okay. We're so, down. Um, as I said, talking to yourself is not a problem. It's only when you hear a response that you have an issue. Exactly. So, um, Sean? All right. I got some feedback from Stephen the Roast Rosenberg from Yay. the Motion Picture Meltdown podcast, which we talked about last time. If you guys haven't listened to that ever, go listen to it. Those guys are hilarious. Uh, He says, keep up the great work is the subject. Hey, nerds, just wanted to say after a short break, I've gotten the chance to catch up on the last few weeks of episodes. From someone that has been podcasting and listening to them for around six years, you guys do things the right way. Sean and I have talked privately many times about the massive ocean that is movie podcasts that both NOF and MPM are part of, and it's always great to listen to one that breaks the mold and keeps me interested. All four of you bring something great to the table and have wonderful chemistry. Also, I haven't gotten the chance to officially thank Sean for being a guest on MPM. We had a uh, we had a lot of great feedback from his episode, and it would be equally awesome to have any of you other guys on at any time. Cross promotion makes the podcast world go round. Keep rocking the great episodes, longtime listener Steven Rosenberg. Who's next, y'all? Mm-hmm. Steve, you Yay. are a class act. You're the boss. Who wants to get all up inside Motion Picture Meltdown? Yeah. Um, I could. I mean, I really like him. He's a great guy. Good get show. elbow deep I in mean, that. What's that? Get elbow deep in that. Show. Oh, I would totally get elbow deep in that. <laughs> um, maybe I don't know. We'll we'll talk about it. So let it be written. So shall it be done. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? <laughs> is it wrong that every uh, single time I hear you like just the name Yule Brenner, I instantly think of uh oh god, Yule logs? No, no, that song. Uh, it is a puzzlement. No, it's uh, <laughs> it is a puzzlement. And the world's your oyster. It's like a really terrible '80s song, but like every single time I hear Yule Brenner, I just hear it. Think of that song. Bangkok? Isn't that like Huey Huey Lewis? No, no, it's not Huey Lewis. It's it was um, part of a really shitty, it was like a really shitty musical. Nice. That I I can't. I'll play it for you. Okay. Um, this one is from Pothead. And it's about the Potter books. And I'm assuming this is in reference to our episodes about Harry Potter, our two-parter. 
Damn, Gina. Um, no, so he it. just wanted to write in. Yes. I think he just wanted to talk about Harry Potter Nerdica. and he had some Nerdica. questions for us. But I don't know. Maybe, Brian, you can kind of humor us with these questions. Okay. So I read the, the email, but can you run it down me, run, run it by me again? So Basically, first question is, um, how Snape knew where, the, where to put the sword of Giffen, Gryffindor? And also that J.K. Rowling has gone on to say that she created a loophole in the Goblet of Fire. They made her basically make the book twice as long as it would have been if she hadn't made the loophole. What's the loophole? And then the last question is, um, uh, people say that Hermione should have ended up with Harry. Do you agree or disagree? Because her and Ron apparently right. was not that great of a match because Ron was kind of a dickhead. Um, personally, I thought that I, I liked the relationship between Ginny and Harry more. So even though their Hermione thing was always kind of subtly there, I it didn't bother me no. at all. I, no, I I would just having not having read it, all that other stuff. I'm just gonna say author intent. Okay, uh, what the author says goes. Through that <laughs> and yeah. these kinds and of even, things. And even if she had it's regrets after the fact. I mean, the fact is, she still put it in writing. I don't think but. she. I don't think she had regret. Well, I mean, she, she may have said regret, said but she regrets doing that. I know that she said that she. When she set out writing the book, she wanted it to be Harry and Hermione winding up together. But oh. that, while that seems like an obvious choice, the obvious choice isn't always the right choice. Yeah, but like she that. also said after the fact that she regrets that if mm. she had a chance, if she could do it again, she would have had Hermione so, wind up with Harry. Thoughts mm. on the loophole? I don't know what the loophole is. Me either, right? So I'm like, I, is it having to explain something about Voldemort? Or mm. like, I just don't know. The Snape thing. Wait, so there. Wait, so they're saying there was a loophole that she basically because that book is significantly longer than the first yeah. three. Yeah. So she just. So there's a loophole that there. This person's talking about in there. We're like, all right. If I change this part of the story, I can write a whole other book. Mm. No, I mean, essentially. Or is it to help cover up for the loophole because she needs because she wrote herself into a corner. Hmm. I don't know. So that I need to get more clarification. Why did you put your name in the goblet of fire? Uh, as uh, as far as Snape knowing where the sword of Gryffindor is, the, the legend of Godric Gryffindor and his sword is not like privy to only Gryffindors. That's it's true. known to the whole wizarding world. So, oh. uh, if you're talking about the ability to conjure the sword from the, the Sorting Hat, mm-hmm. I don't know. If you're talking about a key plot point where where Snape had placed the sword. I'm assuming this is the seventh book where they're talking about like getting the sword from from Gringotts or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I have it, a man. question. I have a question for the person who sent us feedback that maybe you can send back to us. The answer to this: If I jerk off into the Sorting Hat, will it tell me what house my kid will end up in? <laughs> fucking jerk. Uh, no, that's only half the information. No, I'm pretty sure. Or what if it's like what? There's it millions takes a mommy of sperm, and a daddy right? Daddy to make yeah, a baby. There's millions. Sean, okay, that- all right. That's never going to be a kid. And even then, <laughs> even if for some reason you were able to come into the hat, recover the jizz, and then impregnate somebody with it, that's mm-hmm. still only half the information. I mean, there you I go. I mean, the most Probably the most the sorting hat will be able to tell you if it's going to be a boy or a girl. I that's mean, don't <laughs> don't don't let me have to explain like genetics and biology. No, I know. <laughs> I just thought I just thought maybe with only half the information they could give me because I don't you know I don't want to end up having a kid end up in Slytherin. Plus, you know, that's like you know it, that's like, like also, the Wizarding World equivalent of continuation. Hey, school. Hey, probably what's makes Slytherin. I like I'm a, I'm in Slytherin. I got sorted into Slytherin when I did Pottermore. And also probably oh you did makes you're sense. evil. Fuck Sean, off. Whatever. Sean, hey. It also probably makes a difference, like depending on you know what the woman 
is eating, drinking, smoking. So <laughs> I'm just going to point out that two very strong protagonists in the Harry Potter series are Slytherins. Sirius Black was a Slytherin. Or sorry, no, was not. He was not a Slytherin. I apologize. He was in a family of Slytherins and he was a Gryffindor. My there we apologies. go. There we go. We're getting to it. Uh, Slughorn. I just don't Slughorn. like Slughorn. The potions master who took over after Snape became uh, Defense Against Dark Arts teacher was a Slytherin, but was very, very clearly not a bad guy at all. In mm. fact, Snape wasn't a, was eventually not a bad guy, right? He was, he's a very complex character. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. Snape's complicated. He's a very, yes, he did end, ultimately end up being good. Yes, but he's complicated. Okay, now complicated. we're getting we're diving into territory here that we don't need Let's to just necessarily wrap this up. do. Yeah, exactly. Gina, we need you back. Yeah. So uh, it's always a G- Gina, Gina, yeah. damn it. Um, we should guys, have got called her and put her on speakerphone. Right. <laughs> she would have gone for it too. Um, thanks for all the awesome feedback. We always appreciate it. You can do that by Sarah. Uh, you can go to the website and you can click the talk to us button and send us an email. You can also hit us up on Twitter uh, at Nerdonomy. Uh, you can also go to Facebook, facebook.com slash Nerdonomy. Just Google search Nerdonomy. You will find us somehow. I promise you that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can also give us money if you feel like it. Nerdonomy.com. Click the donate button, buy a t-shirt or use one of our affiliate links. You can go to audibletrial.com slash Nerdonomy. Um, or you can click an Amazon banner anywhere on our desktop site. I also do want to give a quick other little shout out, though, um, not to promote us, but to promote somebody else. Uh, if you listened a while back to our Wizard of Oz episode, you may remember Jill, uh, who uh, guest hosted on um, the episode with us. She's a good friend of mine. And she and her awesome boyfriend, Brian, have made a game called Lost Woods. It's a board game. It's super duper fun. You just wander around the woods collecting treasure and kicking monster ass by rolling dice. And it's really fun um, and pretty simple. So if you're a board game aficionado but don't like super duper complicated games, this is a great one. You can support it by going to Kickstarter and looking up Lost Woods and throw some money at them because they need to get this game made. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks. That sounds awesome. Oh, also hit up Brian on Tinder. <laughs> Shut up. Swipe right, everybody. Um, Swipe it right. It says Brian with a Y, bitches. You know what you can do? You can send your friend requests uh, in a message uh, attached to an unladen swallow. Because <laughs> that will never get to me. Swallow. Yes. So, um, well, Brian. actually, if you attach the message. Fuck off. I want to end this. Swallow, it would be laden at that point. <laughs> Fuck off. I want to <laughs> I want to end the show at this point. Let's do it. <laughs> Brian's done. I love you guys, but come on. It's late. Shut up. And I haven't eaten dinner yet. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. It's that time, nerd. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so until we meet again, stay nerdy. And tune into our, our next exciting episode. Same nerd time. Same nerd channel. Nerdonomy.com. Bye. See ya. Goodbye. <laughs> And roll credits. And now, famous movie quotes you should not say during sex. Bring out your dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no.